Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea, and we're in John and Luke a lot, yep. I think. Um, we're dealing with a couple different kind of stories, a couple different passages. Uh, we got some healing on the Sabbath. We got Jesus talking about being a shepherd, and we have this interesting banquet story. So, what do you think, Chelsea? Um, the the passage about Jesus being the good shepherd stuck out to me a lot, just because we read so many times in the prophets, um, in Psalm Psalms, so many times that this good shepherd's coming. Like, there's going to be a shepherd that's better than all the other shepherds. When the mm-hmm. Old Testament that talked about like just the different kings and stuff, they mm-hmm. weren't good shepherds. The different priests all these people that were religious leaders, but like this good shepherd is coming. And so Jesus is finally here and calling himself the good shepherd. And he like goes into great detail um, about what that means. And so does God. I mean, in the, in those passages in the old Testament, all that detail is there too. I thought that was really interesting, good parallel to what we've read before. And again, just kind of like the um, confirmation that this is the Messiah. Shepherding actually seems to be the most common um, example used for like a pastor teacher kind of a role mm-hmm. um, throughout scripture. Uh, the terms that get used for like a, today we call it like a church leader, but the most common thing for that type of role is oftentimes a shepherd because mm-hmm. they would have understood it. I mean, he would have been talking about this while there are literal shepherds out on the hills leading sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just a really important um, like metaphor for leadership, I think, with Christian leadership as far as that goes. Yeah. And then verse 16 says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them in. I would assume those are Gentiles. Yeah. 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 And they'll all be one flock under one shepherd. Yeah. So this cool. is like a real uniting mission of Jesus that he is the good shepherd and he's going after his sheep. Yeah. And I mean, now that I'm, now I'm actually reading it again, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, more sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Jesus talks about how no one can take his life from him, that he sacrifices it on his own, like voluntarily. Um, I think again, that would have been something that the, the disciples would have been like, had that moment of, oh yeah, he said that after he rose again, he, they would have been like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, another really interesting thing for me as a pastor is that he talks about how important it is that the shepherd actually desires to care for the sheep. Mm. And it's not a hired hand um, that's in it for the money that's going to like run away from the sheep as yeah. soon as he can. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, and being a pastor, not that I know of it, is like a very, I mean, I would say it's a very sacrificial calling. I mean, if you're a if you are shepherding people, it's a very time-consuming and draining thing that you're doing. There's probably a lot. I'm I'm speaking on behalf of all the pastors here at Worship Center. You guys do a lot. <laughs> you care for a lot of people. Um, so if you're listening to this, go encourage a pastor today. All right, what's that got to you? Um, this there, there's some more pretty intense language. I think I talked about that a couple of days ago. Like, what if Jesus actually met that meant this? Um, I would say the the narrow door thing is pretty intense. Like, hey, there's a lot of people that'll try to get in, and they actually won't be welcomed in. Um, so I think, you know, in the past, I was like, so I'll live my whole life like a Christian, and God will just be like, I never knew you? That seems terrible. I think it's actually, I mean, I, I do think that it should not be taken lightly, what Jesus is saying, but I do think a lot of it is about 
your heart position must be towards God and we must be living lives that honor God. And if we don't live lives that honor God, we will we'll miss out. Uh, and it flows into this story about a banquet. It's kind of funny to me that Jesus goes to a literal banquet and tells a parable about a banquet. Um, but the story about the banquet is actually that God is preparing this incredible place. And when God goes out to invite people to this place, the people that are rich and influential, they're just too busy. They got too many things going on. They just don't have time for it. They're not welcome to the banquet, but the people who are welcome to the banquet are the ones who need that banquet. Yeah. It's kind of, I keep saying banquet over and over. It's a weird word to repeat over and over. <laughs> banquet. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I noticed the same thing that the 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 poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. That these are all people that you said. I'm using your words, but have a lot to gain from right. going to this banquet. Like they have no shame. There's it's like I I can't put it into words. They have no shame in going to this banquet because of how desperately desperately they need it. Um, and so the same is for us. I think it requires humility to actually follow Jesus. Um, and these people have already been humbled. Um, how much more do we have to be humbled when we don't, aren't faced with these circumstances, but you see it all the time. I mean, people who are humbled and kind of at the end of the rope or at the bottom of the pit, whatever metaphor you want to use, those are the people that are crying out to God. And, and it kind of goes back to that, um, what Jesus said to the woman who anointed him, that she has so much to be thankful for because she was forgiven so much. Um, the same applies here. We are so thankful when we have our lives restored in such unique ways. Yeah, and I think to me, when Jesus says that the the kingdom of God is like this banquet, to me, the message that I see is like serving the kingdom of God is not something that you fit into your spare time. Mm -hmm. Serving the kingdom of God is something that is your primary objective in life. And I say that as somebody who's consistently trying to learn and grow and how to make the kingdom of God the center of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think we should be afraid of things like that. It's a tough task, but it does seem to be pretty consistently what Jesus is teaching. Okay, I'm calling you to a different kind of life. And it needs to be the, the the way that you're living your life at all times. We don't want to be banquet guests that are like, yeah, Jesus, I'll get back to you. I got time Sunday at nine. <laughs> that's not actually how this works. Um, and that's that's what I see all over this banquet parable is that all the people that were invited, they're like, well, I just got this new. And it's kind of, it, to me, and maybe it's just me, but it's interesting how applicable it is when I'm reading it. Because the, the one guy's like, well, I just got this really sweet new team of oxes, so I need to go out and try them. Which... Most likely, that's not the exciting thing about your week, that you got new oxes. But you could put anything in there. Hey, oxen. I just got this really cool new thing. Oxes. Oxen. You know how we were talking about? <laughs> Literally before we turned on the thing, Chelsea was like, yeah, you're not actually good with words. So I want this to stay in the recording so that everybody knows she's actually completely right. The oxes. <laughs> Stop saying that. Oxen. <laughs> so he wanted to try out his new oxes. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't have that anymore, most likely. Um but we have plenty of other things. It's like, well, you know, I just don't have time. The Eagles have a game and I don't have time because I just got a new car. I don't have time because I'm trying to pay this thing off. I don't have time because I'm pursuing this degree. Like there's plenty of things that keep us from accepting an invitation to the banquet. Don't miss your invitation to the banquet. Yeah, definitely. That's good. We should wrap it up there. Sounds great. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the God's Whole Story and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Enjoy the oxes. <laughs>
After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's response is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and he doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will also listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want and to also take it back up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and he's out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my father's hand. The father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, At my father's direction I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I'm the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into this world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while. And many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true, and many who were there believed in Jesus. Luke thirteen twenty two, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you came from. 
Get away from me, all of you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest will be least important then. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day I must proceed on my way, for it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned, and you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the house of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts of religious law, Is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? And again, they would not answer. When Jesus noticed that all had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed, and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a lunch or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, or rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who cannot repay you. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly in the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you 
Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.